Hi everyone, Beth here. If you are struggling to find your homeschool vibe and are looking for ways to get your kids to get their schoolwork done, or ways for you to keep your sanity as a homeschool parent, or how to handle your many responsibilities while still feeling relaxed and loving homeschooling, then my book, Find Your Homeschool Vibe, might be just what you're looking for. In my book, I share how to shift your mindset to help you as the parent stay focused on the point of all of this, which is the love of learning. I also share some tried and true homeschool mom life hacks for every day. You can find the book in the show notes or by searching for Find Your Homeschool Vibe on Amazon. Back to the show. Hi, everyone. Before the episode begins, we just want to remind you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Look for Peaceful Homeschool Podcast. Remember, please, please, please rate and review on iTunes and Spotify, which helps the podcast get noticed by more people, which helps more homeschool families. Don't forget to check the show notes for other ways to support the podcast. Let's get the show started. Hello, hello. You're listening to Peaceful Homeschool Podcast. I'm Emma. And I'm Beth. And today we have another special guest. So exciting. We have Melissa Fleming joining us. Melissa, welcome to Peaceful Homeschool Podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm absolutely thrilled and honored to be on it today. Okay, so we've chatted a little bit with you before um, our episode. Can you tell us a little bit about your family, about your kids, about how long you've been homeschooling? Sure, I would love to. Uh, my husband and I have been married. It'll be 22 years this year. We have five children. Our oldest is 17. Our youngest is seven. Uh, we've been homeschooling ever since. Um, our, our children were born. Uh, we decided, um, we actually, there's kind of a fun story. I'm not quite sure if you want to hear it, but how it all came to be about how we, uh, started the homeschool journey. Uh, I believe I had, we had two children at the time and living in California. And someone had asked if uh, we had, if we were on the waiting list for our daughter, who was probably three at the time. And our son was one. If we had put them on the waiting list to get into school, public school or private school. And I said, no, I didn't know that you needed to do that. And Oh, yes. You know, especially if you're going to go to a a private school, you'd need to get on a waiting list. So we looked into private school two days a week, and it was so expensive. We had just bought our first home, and there really was no extra money. And we didn't really feel comfortable sending them to public school at that time. Um, and a friend of mine from church came up to me and said, have you ever thought of homeschooling? And I said, oh, no, never. Like, I would never do that. Even my husband, uh, when I was had surrendered my life to the Lord at 30, he had said, you're not going to be one of those Christian people that wants to homeschool their kids, are you? <laughs> and I went, oh, no, I would never do that. Those people are weird. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> but I said, no, I, I would not do that. And he said, okay. So fast forward, we have two kids. And I said, no, I was never interested in homeschooling. And they said, well, you know, the church that we go to, half of us home educate and, and the other half go to school, private, public. You really should come to one of the conventions. So I'll think about it. So I thought about it. I prayed, I asked my husband. He said, oh, I would consider that. So I went to a, the CHIA, the California Homeschool Education Association. I went to their convention and had done a little bit of research on a couple of curriculums if I were to ever choose to do it. And I went. And I found one that I loved. I brought it home. I started educating her in that way. Just something very gentle. And I fell in love with it. And I've honestly never looked back. Um, that was kind of how it all started. It was out of not being able to afford a private education. And then someone suggesting homeschools, knowing that California, they didn't have a state mandatory grade for kindergarten. So she had recommended you could try it for a year. And if you didn't like it, you could always put them in school. I mean, that would be the next grade. And I said, well, I could do that. And after talking with my husband, mind you, this was three or four years afterward, he was all for it. 
and that was how it all began. And I would, I had two more children by then. And when they were napping, I would do a little bit of stuff with just her. Um, and we kind of just went from there. And honestly, you probably couldn't really pay me to send my kids to school, <laughs> private <laughs> or public. <laughs> but that's how it started. That's awesome. So, yeah. I love it. I love that. So I'm, I'm guessing then that you were not homeschooled. Did you, what you and your husband, did you go to public school or private school? So my husband and I both went to public school. My dad was a public school uh, teacher for 36 years. We were not homeschooled. My husband was not homeschooled. Um, I did have an aunt while I was a teenager that was homeschooling her children. So I had seen it kind of off to the side. I knew another family growing up that homeschooled their five children. And my brother and his wife have six children, all older than mine. And they were homeschooling theirs. So I was seeing it and I was observing, but it wasn't something I was originally dedicated to doing. So I'm curious then, how was it met? It sounds like if your brother was already homeschooling, maybe it was a little bit of an easier transition for you to homeschool. Because a lot of times we hear about, you know, parents or in-laws who are maybe not really fond of the idea that we might choose to, you know, right. home edu educate our kids. So how was that transition for, you know, within your two families? Um, I would say... I mean, there was, so my dad being a public school educator, he was probably the one you would think would be the most resistant. Um, and I, and I, I did come up against some resistance from a lot of people, but I, I was pretty confident at this time in who I was in the Lord and how he saw fit for our family and what we were going to do, that I didn't worry too much about what anyone else thought about what I was doing, which doesn't always happen in a lot of families that I know. And I do know that having my husband, even though he wasn't a believer at the time, and I was, he trusted me, he trusted our relationship, he trusted my relationship with the Lord, and trusted my relationship with our kids, and the desire that I had to um, nurture them, educate them, love them, that he never even questioned it once of anything. He said, I think we should. So I had a husband that came alongside me, even though spiritually we might not have been, you know, unified at that time. He still did say, I do want this for our children. And I think this would be great. And I think you would do an amazing job. Uh -uh. And so that was really all I needed. I didn't need the approval from my, my parents. I didn't need the approval from my in-laws. Um, I didn't even need the approval from any of my siblings, although everyone did approve of what we did. They had questions. I had many conversations with my dad, but my dad and I are very close. And in my ear, he was always whispering, if anyone can do it, it's really you. You would be so great which was very sweet. I had the desire, which that was something that the Lord gave me was the desire to do it. And I trusted him. And I, I mean, I trust him still every day. That's super cool. So we shared that Beth and I both have older kids. So we've gone through the journey. She tomorrow will graduate her youngest, Amazing. which is crazy. And just over the weekend, I graduated my middle, and I have a 12-year-old still to go. Um, we have definitely found, like, you know, throughout our homeschool journey that kind of maybe how we started out wasn't exactly how we ended up. And, you know, maybe we changed our styles a little bit along the way, or we thought something was really important, like having a homeschool room, that then we realized, like, no, we just need to be near the kitchen, and we need to have a place to store our stuff. Um what is your what is your homeschool style like and has it you know changed or at all throughout this journey for you? 
let's take a quick break. A family of blue people from the bright yellow planet take a fantabulous summer vacation trip all over the universe. Young Heon gets kidnapped by giant rats, and the whole family almost gets danced to death in outer space, but they still manage to go to intergalactic beaches, county fairs, nightclubs, motels, and they go shopping. On the podcast, I'll read from my middle grade novel version, and I'll play songs from the album. So come here, Space Vacation, the musical, and remember, the universe is like a song. So it hasn't changed much. Um, I was actually taking a walk with all of the kids this morning, and I was thinking about that very question, thinking that that would be something that you would ask. Our trying to think of what our style is. There was one particular curriculum that we have used all the way through and still use today that incorporates from a um, kind of a style approach or a method would be somewhat like unit studies, classical, uh, heavily uh, literature-based. It tends to be the three strengths that we all have and what we like the most. And I found one curriculum that embodied all of those, and I stuck with it. And I had people pouring into me saying, it's not enough, you need more, you need this. And I was always hesitant um, to take on what other people said about it and really kind of just trusted the process of this particular one. Um, I just liked the style in which they did everything. It was always very gentle. It was not necessarily minimal, but just enough. So I like that style um, of, and I might be getting style and curriculum mixed up, so forgive me if I do, but what I, what I always wanted and had envisioned was that we would all do it together. And so I wanted to find something where we were homeschooling the majority of the information together as a family. And then uh, usually within your math or your language arts or something, you might find that there are some different ages grasping different levels. And so we could teach that as a, at a different level, and that was fine, too. Um, so really incorporating the entire family was always the style. I got labeled in California. <laughs> by some of our friends as the unschooler. I was someone that was definitely more relaxed than some other people. I didn't adhere to a strict schedule or strictly to a curriculum per se. I had so many other thoughts of it can't just be about this. And so I found probably maybe two or three people who homeschooled or people who were in that field that I would pretty much just listen to them and anything else I just shut out. Because if I let too many um, opinions, too many types, too many styles enter in, it would just, there, there's just too many resources out there now anyway. And so I would find the style that I liked. I found that my kids learned this way fairly easily. It wasn't hard for us. And um, I just kind of stuck with it and trust the process in, in that regard. Um, I have friends who are former um, educators who have left and come home and, and educated their own children. And I will take little bits of information that they were giving me or wisdom in the sense of don't change things if they're not broken that when there's a constant changing of curriculum, I mean, drastic changing because you think this isn't enough or this doesn't work, that that actually does more of a disservice than something that you just stick with. Even if it might not be the best, we're still learning, there's progress and moving forward. So I would kind of take those pieces of information, incorporate those. Maybe if I changed a little, it would never be something drastic. It just might be, you know, a little tune-up or a little minor change here and there. But um, we love to read, so reading aloud was, I mean, if I had to do anything, that's all I would do is just read. Read aloud, read together, read individually, read outside, read inside, <laughs> listen to books on tape. We love music, so anything music-related, we love that. Um, we've incorporated music from all over the world, and then we love to cook and bake and eat, so finding 
a curriculum or finding something that allowed us to do all of those things, those were probably our three strengths and missionaries. Hearing stories about missionaries was our favorite. So I would say, I mean, it, that was pretty much the style was it was, uh, what do they call it? Like a cyclical and then not multi-generational, but, um, large family, uh, large families studying together. That would be the yeah. style in which we did the best. And then some individual time too, obviously when teaching little ones to read or teaching, right. you know, math facts. I didn't yeah. do that as a whole. That makes sense. It sounds like you're speaking mine, speaking mine and Beth's language, because a lot of what you said is how both of us have schooled throughout the years. And like I said, we both now have, you know, kids that are older as well. And so how, you know, a lot of times when you fall into a category of unschooly-ish or eclectic or whatever, you know, there's a lot of people who, especially as new new homeschoolers come in thinking like, their focus is on finding the exact right perfect perfect curriculum that they think academics like if you don't go you know full out for academics you're doing your kids a huge disservice but i think a lot of us who have been in this arena for a long time recognize that relationships and family are more important than the academics you know and having that exact perfect curriculum and sitting down at a certain time every day and whatever you know i think that as people first get started they start thinking what time to what time do I need to school my kids? What subjects do I have to cover every day? You know, all of these things that a lot of us who have been out it for so long, you know, are just like, oh, you don't have to do that. You know, there there are so many advantages to homeschooling that have nothing to do with that part of it. They don't have anything to do with the, you know, having the perfect curriculum or sitting down at a desk for seven hours a day or whatever. Um so I don't like, even think I would like that if we did that. No. That's what Beth <laughs> talks about a lot. Like like yeah. sitting at a desk all day? No. Like who wants to do that? Yeah, we're not designed to do that. We're not made for that. Right, and I, that's the difference between bringing school at home and home education. And for I sure. even I tend to stay away from even the word homeschooling because homeschooling sometimes well, it's gotten kind of a bad rap in the last couple of years because some of the zooming that people were doing were calling it homeschooling. And I yeah. was like, no, actually that's not it at all. That's like zoom schooling. Yes. <laughs> it wasn't home education. I mean, there's it, it, in my, in my, our family, the home education piece was very relaxed and very much the way we wanted, where we wanted to spend our time, what we wanted to spend our time and who we wanted to spend our time with. It wasn't delegated by, um, a, a curriculum or a time schedule or anything like that. That was not what we wanted to do. I never had envisioned it that way. But in the beginning, I personally did like boxed curriculums because they, as a new, as a new person coming in and, and not totally knowing what to do, it gave me structure, but I also had the wherewithal to know that I had freedom within this. I didn't have to do it all. I didn't have to check every box every day, but it also just gave me guidelines because I was new. Um, but I wasn't necessarily looking for the perfect curriculum. I was looking for something that as a new believer and wanting to walk with the Lord and wanting to impart the goodness and love of God that I now had found or God had awakened my eyes for myself, I now wanted to give to my children. And I thought education has to be part of that too, right? They can't be so separate that we would have education in one box and the love of God in a separate box. They have to be able to come together because all of it is out of his love for us. And so that was how I actually sought curriculum was which curriculum would most help me as a new mom and a new believer and a new educator, share all that God has blessed us with and how that would incorporate into education and they would almost be more one and not so separate. And so that was my goal. That was, that was where my heart was. I just wanted my kids to know that they were loved by the God of the universe because I had just learn for the first time that I was loved and made and created by God and for God 
and never grew up knowing any of those things. And so I wanted to incorporate those two. But I do think I I was never really eclectic in curriculum. I like box stuff. I still like box stuff, but I use it as more of just a guide where it just kind of helps me with five too. And sometimes if they're doing some different things, it has helped me just be a little bit more organized. I'm not a very organized person. And I know I have five kids and some people laugh and think that I am, but I'm actually not. <laughs> I think it makes it more fun. Sometimes. <laughs> For sure. And well, and more I, chaotic. Yes. Well, and I think too, as part of his, you know, as homeschoolers, we can kind of embrace that chaos and just make our lives the way we choose. And we just mentioned in our um, last interview that, you know, people talk about homeschooling and yes, for sure. During the last few years, it started to look like something else for certain people. Us, you know, old school homeschoolers knew that that was not what it looked like at all. And Beth actually wrote a book about that because she was like, I, this is, you know, to look out and see so many people struggling and so many kids yeah. struggling so much was so heartbreaking. And, you know, it kids was. within our own families that we knew, you know, in our in our extended families and our friends who were struggling because they were being asked at kindergarten age to sit at a desk for seven hours in their own house and not eat their breakfast, you know, if it was not the time to eat breakfast, even if they were hungry, sitting in their own kitchen at their Zoom meeting, whatever. Right. And it's like, oh, man. So seeing that and having people think this is what homeschooling was, we were like, no, please do not think that that's the case because it's not like it's not at all. Yeah. It's it's a whole different life and it's a whole different way of life and being able to incorporate learning into every single thing you do. And like you said, cooking and music and God and all of these things are things that we can just have, you know, all throughout our learning, all throughout our day. You know, we do a lot of unit studies and being able to work through all of those as part of our life instead of this is our little bit of time that we're learning about this thing. It's something that we're doing all day long. Piggybacking on just in the last couple of years with homeschooling being with computers, uh, not homeschooling, but people having Zoom schooling with their children and it being heartbreaking. I remember during that time, I had consulted two families personally that come into my home to ask, um, it was, it was probably one of the biggest blessings, I think, for a lot of families to actually see how difficult it actually was for their children to do what was being asked of them at such young ages. And I think it was eye opening for them and I'm thankful for it. Not that everyone or lots of people changed to homeschooling, but they just saw, um, needs in their children that they maybe hadn't seen before because that's one of the blessings of home educating your kids or having your kids home with you all the time is we do get to see the struggles that our kids have we get to see and be um uh like we get front row of what's going on with them and that's what i was thankful for that i saw a lot of families that did come to me and and had asked me um you know, just what I thought about home education, what it looked like. I had them come into my home, although you can't really see it. It's not like it looks like a schoolroom to come in and observe. It doesn't look like that, but definitely sat, sat down with them and was able to talk with them and discuss what their goals were, what their plans were, and to help them sort of sort through those things. I um, was very blessed to have been able to do that for a few families, but um, I did have a lot of quite a few families that had asked me how to have their kids around them 24 hours a day and that was almost heartbreaking like they didn't they didn't know they said I don't even know how to do that and so that was something that they actually called me and asked me to help them with how do you have your children home and that is something that we if you're not doing it you don't learn how to do that to have them home all the time or not entertaining our children um so that was an interesting little um i'm trying to think of the right word i think blessing in a lot of of families was learning to navigate that with something that we navigate daily with how do you have your kids around you all the time still have a podcast 
or still do something within the home if you have a home business. And those are good skills to pass on to other people, even if they, you know, choose to put them back in school. I think that there were definitely, there was a lot of silver lining through that whole year or two years. And, and a lot of families who found, um, educational, not discrepancies, but like educational uh, areas in which their kids struggled and the school system wasn't finding them or they, or they wanted to do something. And yet being home, it allowed those parents to say, Hey, I think I could provide some help for my children. So I was thankful for those things too. For sure. And Beth kind of talks about too, um, when your kids are in school all day and then they come home and they're rushing to their next, you know, activity or whatever, that the, the portion of the day that you get with your kids is often like, you know, this tiny little piece where they're stressed and they've been asked to be on all day long and it's hard and they're tired. And it's, I mean, that's, that's a struggle. So I think there's a difference. I don't know, Beth, if you want to chime in about that, there's a difference between us being home with our kids yeah, without I think, those circumstances. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that um, that when I was wa- – I've watched some family members. Like when I, the kids come home from school, everything is turns into chaos. Like it's complete chaos. And like there's rushing around. There's papers from the school that need to be looked at and signed and permission slips and all these different things and fundraisers. And then like, oh, go get your soccer bag. we got to get to soccer. And like all these things in this very short period of time and including dinner and then homework. And so the time that these parents are having with their kids are so highly stressful, like it's such a stressful time that they think, and then I heard this from another mom that was, um, had switched to homeschooling and she was like, I didn't know I enjoyed being with my kids as much as I did until I started homeschooling. And I got this time with them and it was relaxed and fun and we could read a story and laugh and talk. And it wasn't this highly stressful time, but, and it was really eye opening to me because I'd always homeschooled my kids. And I always loved being around my kids. Like most, you know, most of the time we all need our breaks, but I really enjoyed homeschooling my kids. And so I was always like so surprised when there were people that were like, oh, I can't wait till school goes. I can get my kids back in school. Summer's almost over. Time to drink wine or whatever they do. <laughs> they said that on the right. thing. I was, you know, the memes or I whatever. Know, and I'd be like, wait, yes. wait, I love being with my kids, you know? And so, and there's nothing wrong with those moms that don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying anything bad about it at all. It just was so like sad to me though, that they didn't know how much fun it could be. Like, so. And that's, and that was exactly where I think that was the blessing in a lot of that is there were families that didn't know how to enjoy being with their children. And we were, a lot of families were forced to be together for long periods of time. I uh, walk with my kids, all five, every day for about two miles. And it's somewhere between a half an hour and 45 minute walk. And when, uh, the time where everyone was kind of forced to stay inside, um, I saw more families outside walking together and being together. And it was beautiful. It was wonderful. I mean, you just look at this and you go, Oh, do they, do they understand or see how much you know, I love doing this. I hope they love it as much as I do or learn to love it. And I, I thought it was, I thought it was wonderful. Um, I'm thankful for that time for those families that really did hone in on it and recognize that I needed to learn how to like my kids when they were home, or I needed to learn how to live with them and around them more than I had um, actually not learned before that. You mentioned that your family has not had a super strict schedule that you have, you know, recognized that you can have flexibility in homeschooling and you can homeschool in the way that you, that works best for your family. Now that you have some kids that are getting older, you said your your daughter is 17. Have you found that she has, you know, a love of learning, that she is a great learner, that she has a lot of knowledge? Or have you found that, well, because I didn't have a super strict schedule, you know, she can't read and she'll never go to college or something. I, obviously, I'm being extreme, but you get the idea. Yes. Right. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to think of how to answer this question. So having a very relaxed approach in learning, I will definitely say with a relaxed approach, one prayer that I always had 
uh, when I started to home educate the kids was Lord, that I would surrender the day to him and that I was always, not always, there were moments where I was worried that I would not be able to see their strengths and I might not be able to see, it was more of like, it was more of their strengths than what they were great at. So it was Lord, would you show me and make it evident what their strengths are? And would you please bring people around me that would see things in my children that maybe I was missing because I knew I had five now and I wouldn't be able to be, you know, everything for everyone in every moment. And I really clung to that every single day. And I, I can tell you, he has more than answered that specific prayer every day with every child. And so with that relaxed approach, I wasn't so worried about making sure we hit everything or finished every section or even finished every book. I did do some research myself and found out through educating children that it, how, how it was all designed, that it was building blocks upon building blocks. And as they're younger, we build those same blocks and they learn a little bit more and they learn a little bit more as the years go by. And so just having a little bit of that basic foundation, that basic knowledge of education, I wasn't so worried about that. So I could be more relaxed. Having a dad that was an educator as well, too, in math in particular, um, he had some ideas of, hey, make sure that they know the basic multiplication, division, addition, and subtraction well, especially, you know, right around this age. And if they don't just work on that so that when they get older, it will be easier. But if they're struggling here, struggle with them and just do it until they can get to it. Don't worry about moving forward. Just stay here. So um, all of my children, except for my seven-year-old, who I'm still teaching how to read, um, all read really well. And I taught each of them how to read and we took our time. I taught some very young at four. Some I did a little bit of experimenting with and waited till they were a little bit later, knowing that later can be better. And that worked really well too. And then my fifth one's kind of throwing me for a loop, which is really funny <laughs> um, in the reading component, but it's still fun. Um, I... I'm trying to think back to the question if I felt like because I took a relaxed approach that they didn't learn anything or that they're having difficulty. I feel it was actually quite the opposite. Um, I've had other outsiders tell me, and I'll take it for face value and as a compliment and an encouragement and as a blessing from the Lord, that because I wasn't such a stickler in some things, um, in areas of academia alone, that it probably allowed my children to just develop a love of learning more naturally than it to be this remote, um, strict, you know, drill and kill, so to speak. We know that children naturally love to learn. They have this insatiable desire to learn about everything that's around them, to ask questions, so we don't ever have to wonder if our kids are learning. They're always learning. They're either learning great things. They're also learning bad things. I mean, they're always learning. And we can squash that desire as parents and even as educators in um, not allowing them to ask the questions and us help answer them or foster, you know, or cultivating more questions and having them answer and critically think and do those sorts of things. Um, so I would say, I, I believe, and I jokingly say, I'll know if I screwed my kids up, you know, <laughs> when they leave the house and they become adults or not. But in my heart of hearts, I don't believe that I am. But I do think that approach <clears throat> still leads to a, absolutely a love of learning. It leads a lot of times to a lot of self-education. I believe that they learn how to educate themselves more rather than um, me teaching at them. My approach, and this probably should have gone more with that style question, my approach in educating them was never to teach at them. Obviously, there are 
components where you are to teach mathematics or you're teaching something. But it was always from a belief of I'm going to learn alongside them. Honestly, I don't even remember a lot of stuff I learned in school. And so when I was sharing this information with my first grader, second grader, I felt like I was learning all over again. And I did take that approach. And I still take that approach now, except for maybe math. I do know math. I like math. Um, so there is a component of teaching. Um, there is obviously, you know, uh, a, a process and steps that you need to know in order to do those things when you get into those higher math levels. But um, uh, my approach has always been to learn alongside them. And with that, it it, it cultivates and it fosters that relationship between me and our children um, within each other. Um, instead of me just teaching at them and saying, you have to know this, um, it allows them to ask questions. Um, it allows them to, to, to formulate their own answers. And then, you know, if we're doing an experiment, it's kind of like, you know, the scientific method. You formulate a hypothesis and then you can do an experiment and see how it comes out and those sorts of things. So I, I think it's worked well for our family in this style of approach. I honestly wouldn't really do it any other way. I wouldn't. Agreed. Yeah. Beth, what about you? Yeah, totally agree. Like that's my big thing is always like, is it, is it going to, you know, help them foster the love of learning? And if it's not, I shift it. I don't, it, if it's, if it's stressing anybody out, I'm like, nope, we're not doing it right if we're all stressed out. So let's, let's shift it. And <laughs> it's always my. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm still learning that too, because, you know, having some older ones and then having some youngers and trying to there are sometimes there's not enough hours in the day to do it all. And I know that. And yet I still want to hit everybody. But yet the older ones are more independent. They can do a lot of things on their own. So there are some shifts in some ways in which we need to do stuff so that I'm not trying to do all of it with everybody. And that, that gets challenging for me. Um, but yes, I'm still learning sometimes when I see it bogging someone down to just stop and regroup or do something different or work on something else. Let's take a quick break. Hey parents. Yeah, you. Are you looking for a podcast your kids will really love? Well, we made one just for you. And for us. As genuine, all-natural kids ourselves, we know what makes a fun and interesting podcast. So we decided to make it ourselves. Every show is packed with interviews, stories, and on-the-ground reporting. We have interviewed everyone from scientists to Grammy Award-winning musicians to NFL quarterbacks. Listen to Wild Interest wherever you get your podcasts. I think it's really cool, too, when we get to have conversations with people where, you know, whether it's through the podcast or just at homeschool park day or at co-op or an event or whatever it is, that we get to talk with other moms and sometimes other dads who share information that, you know, I, as we're doing these podcasts, I am always learning. I'm always going, oh, I agree with that. That's something I would like to do more of, or I'd like to do better at this or whatever. Right. And I love that we continue to learn, you know, and, and we don't have to feel like, oh, I have to know it all in order to be a good homeschool mom. No, we can right. start and we keep learning and evolving as we go along. And I don't, you know, hopefully that never ends because hopefully we're able to still continue to all learn from each other. and you know, I agree. Keep, keep working to help our kids do their best as we continue to try to do our best. Okay. So Melissa, you mentioned that yes. you had kind of, kind of jotted down some notes about some things you would want to share about. You want to share some, some of your thoughts that you thought you might want to share with us today in whatever format you decide to do that. Sure. Um, one of, um, I'm not sure if your listeners know that um, my brother is Kirk Cameron, and maybe you will say that, or I've just now, you know, told everyone. Um, my brother is Kirk Cameron. I have a sister, Candace Cameron Bure, who are both on TV for quite a long time and currently are still on TV. And my brother, to believe it was two years ago, did a homeschool documentary called The Homeschool Awakening. I don't know if any of you 
if either of you have heard of it. seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but and I've heard of it. So we were, there was about 30, I believe there was maybe 25, 25 or 30 families that were interviewed for this documentary. And I was one of them with our children. And um, yeah, and we went to the movie theater and we watched it on screen and it was beautiful. I learned so much from the other 25 families, not, not even from my own, but just how different it is for every family, how one family home educates might not work for the same, for a different family. And that's something that I've definitely learned over the years that what I thought was the best way was my way over time. And that just comes with wisdom and knowledge and humility <laughs> that we learn that it's not uh, what, what works for one doesn't always work for another. And um, I love the idea of the community and sharing uh, what the Lord is teaching us with others and vice versa. Um, but one of the things when, when we had made that documentary and when it was all edited and put together and that short little piece that I, that was, um, on screen with my, about me and my family, I couldn't have been more proud about the area in which they highlighted. And that was time and space that we were able to give our children, our children, my five children, was I wanted to give them my time and I wanted to give them the space to do the things that they loved. And I wanted to be available to them for the most part always. This was a choice that my husband and I had made to home educate our kids. I was not looking for a job outside of the home, nor was I looking for a job um, to do on the side while I was at home. Um, I don't look at educating my kids as a job or mothering my children as a job, but this was the role in which God had placed me in, and I was uh, beyond grateful, beyond excited. Um, I felt the most valued. I felt the most alive. I felt the most awakened in this role, and I just wanted to give it everything I got or everything I had. And I do believe that the biggest gift that the Lord gave me was time with my kids. And so um, if, you know, I could share with other families, I have to really look and see the value of time that we're given with them to foster those relationships with one another and to foster the relationship with each other. If you have siblings, I find that a lot of families want to constantly separate their kids because one's learning something different or they have different interests. And what I found is a lot of the families that have separated their kids a lot have found disunity within the family a lot too. And so when you naturally bring all of your children together to share in their accomplishments, to share in their joys, to grieve in their sorrows with one another, you create this unified uh, front and this family unity that God's created. We're to grieve when others grieve and rejoice when others rejoice. And so we do that and we're able to cultivate those things. There are many families that cultivate that stuff that put their kids in school and my hat goes off to them. I find there isn't even enough time to be able to do all of those things and how some of them do that so well is a gift from the Lord. I'm thankful that he gave me the time and the resources to stay home and be with my family and raise our kids and educate our kids. But time and then just the space to be able to roam and run free and play and dig and create and build and make um, whatever it is that's pretty much outside in nature because that's where we are. Uh, we've lived in California and then we moved to Washington, D.C. for eight years and now we're in Tennessee and we have all this open space to go to, and I am so thankful for it. Because um, when I feel like I'm confined in a home, as much as I love our home, there's so much to be experienced outside, um, and it's free. It doesn't cost any money. <laughs> you don't have to have a ton of money to homeschool your kids. Um, you know, and, and and little bits along the way as I've been homeschooling for the last 
let's say 12 years, more formally 12 years, um, the Lord has shown how valuable all those little things that I knew when the kids were little, they still ring true today as adults. They need space and they need time. They need time with their mom and their dad. They need time with siblings. They need time with each other. And we as parents can create that time for them. not time to be busy, not time to be driving everywhere, although that does happen more when they get older. But we create and cultivate this time and show them you are worthy of this time together. Uh, God is worthy of our time before him every day. Um, and so those were, those would be the two biggest things, um, that I, I love to talk about. I want to impress upon my own children that I hope that they know when someone comes into my home that their time with us is valued and it's honored and I'm not too busy and, 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 and the focus is on that. And I do the same thing with our kids every day here at home. This is our time. We've created it. We've allowed it. And we're going to do with it what we want to do with it. Um, there is nothing more important than that. And then if there's a need in the community, a need within family or friends, God's given us that time to stop what we're doing and go tend to those people. And I've loved that. Um, and I've seen God work in really amazing ways, being able to stay home with, with our children and allow that to play out in our community, whereas a lot of working parents, other children being available to them, like, hey, would you put me on as your emergency contact? So that if there was ever an emergency, um, I would love to go pick up your kids at school if you can't get to them. So it's basically sharing my time with other people and showing them that these things are important or someone's in need and I can stop what I'm doing and go tend to them or make them a meal or take care of something. So utilizing that gift of time in so many ways, not just for our family, but outside of our community. But it starts in our home, too, first. <sighs> Somehow we always end up with some sort of crying on here, and we try not to. But I think, I mean, when I think back to having kids that we were just getting ready to get to that age. We were just getting ready to formally, you know, be like, okay, we're homeschooling. And, you know, people are like, when are you going to put them in regular school and real school, you know, whatever. Yeah. And having those tiny little kids and to now have a 20 year old, you know, who's going to be leaving to live on, you know, on campus at the college and, and having an 18 year old that just graduated a couple days ago and having a 12 year old and thinking about there is no greater blessing in my life than to yeah. have been given the gift of being the mom to these kids and to have had the opportunities and the resources and just the chance to homeschool them all of these years and having other families who have poured into our families and who yeah. we've been able to be there for as well so that when there were years that were really hard and when financially we knew, you know, it is really hard to have me staying at home all the time, that we still knew this is what we were called to do and this is what we should be doing. Yeah. And to look back now and just be so grateful for that time with our family, like there is nothing better. The other stuff is not important. The stuff, you know, yeah, the perfect curriculum, all of those things, it's not important. It's it's the time with your family and what you do with that. So Melissa, thank you so much for sharing that because yeah. Oh, my pleasure. I, I mean, I, I have a 17 year old daughter who still every night before she goes to bed says, are you going to come up and say goodnight? Of course I am. And so it might not always look like that during the day where she wants to be alone or has other things that she wants to do, but, at the end of the day, she wants to be with me. And I don't want to give that up at all. Because one day it's not going to be there. Yeah. She's going to have, you know, her life outside of me and her father and her siblings. And, and then eventually, if she gets married, she'll have her own family of her own to tend to that way. So I will cherish every moment of it and be very thankful for it. 
for sure. Beth? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. Well, I just have to say, like, having been a person in Beth's family's life for all these years and to have her daughter graduating tomorrow, we moved halfway across the country a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And to not be there for each other's daughter's graduations is very hard. But I'm to sure. have watched her her family grow and her daughter grow into this young, young, like lovely young lady, so beautiful and so confident. She was so shy and quiet and to have seen her growth and see her perform on stage and just be so silly and outgoing and fun from this quiet little shaggy haired girl who always (laughs) pretended to be a puppy to this amazing young lady. Like that time that we get with our kids is it's amazing. Beth, I'm so proud of her. I wish I was there tomorrow to give her a giant hug and I'll tell her all this myself, but <laughs> that's so awesome. Yeah. Thank that's you. So amazing. I love hearing that. That's probably my favorite part is listening to the two of you <laughs> and your friendship and your love for one another. I, if I had to do anything all over again, I probably would try to find you know, a, 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 another friend, not that I didn't have it, but I moved away a couple of times and it does make it a little bit harder, but, you know, having that one or two families that you really are doing life together. And if you can, you know, educate along alongside each other too, it really is great. Um, I probably would pour a little bit more into that. Um, but I felt like with five little kids and my husband worked a ton, so it was really just me and them most of the time. It was just easier to just do it all myself and be with the kids myself on our own time in our own ways. And um, I really wouldn't do that differently, but I, I do see that the, 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 the beauty in the friendship that you two have, um, even just listening to you and wanting to support each other. I have a few of those friends, but we don't live in the same state anymore. And I sure wish we did. Us either. So maybe you have to have a podcast with them. <laughs> we do have one. We have one family. So part of the reason why we moved to Tennessee was so that my husband could um, be more invested in our family. He was working a lot that we hardly really ever saw him. And one family that we lived in California with eventually moved to Tennessee a year ago. And we moved knowing that we would have another family. We have the same age kids. We've all homeschooled from the beginning together. So there is, and we are doing it together now, which has been exciting and fun. But it's only been three months since we've been here. So I'm still getting settled, still trying to find my way around. And then school kind of ended already. So then we're navigating that part. But I definitely have... I have hope for the next year. I have um, more things, desires to do things, not differently, but just to add or to take away or to focus more on. And I think those are the beauty of the summer to reset a little bit, to read up on some things, to do things differently, or to just kind of see how in which we want to move forward. But I am thankful to have a better community in this last year. And I saw the need for that, that as my children were getting older and I couldn't do everything with them and everything for them. And they didn't want me to do everything with them and everything for them either. Um, Their desire to be with other kids and be able to bounce off um, ideas and books and conversation with each other. So we definitely, the Lord put it on my heart. It was there. I knew it. And we sought after it. And boy, am I grateful that I listened to him um, so that our three olders have a a little bit more, um, a a stronger community in kids. Um, Whereas before I was kind of just, it was just me and my kids. And and like I said, when they were really little, I loved that we met with other people, but really it was just me. But as they get older, their needs change and um, still staying within the homeschool community and the focus that each of our families have and the values in which we have and the desire to know the Lord and make him known that within that community, we, or within those values, we still found the community that believe that, that same core and are 
I'm kind of relinquishing some stuff and allowing those people to pour into my kids because we need that, right? We need others to pour into our kids. That was one of my prayers from the very beginning. You know, Lord, bring bring forth people that will see things in my kids that I'm not seeing. And I felt like there was, you know, a desire to do that more. And I'm glad I listened and my kids are doing great and they're loving it and really enjoy being with other people too. So that's good. That's awesome. Beth, did you want to share a little bit about, you know, Melissa was talking about the, the gift of family and time. Did you want to share a little bit about how that has been for you? Um, it, it's been massive. <laughs> it's been a huge part of, of just our happiness and joy, like, and, um, being together has, is like, <laughs> Thanks, Emma. You know, make me. Cringe. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, just just having that time when, um, because now my kids are grown and it goes by just way too fast. And 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 just like it has been such a a gift. And like for my time that I've had with my kids, like we've gone through crazy stuff in the time I raised them, and a divorce, and lots of moves, and all these things, but I was still blessed enough to be able to continue to homeschool through all of that as a single mom, all of that. And, um, and, and that was like, I don't know, just, I just know that, um, that I I don't have right. I don't have really good words right now, but, (laughs) but, um, no, just a major blessing. Just so grateful, um, for this time. And, uh, it's the best thing that's ever probably ever happened to my family. Like, I can't imagine anything better than the gift of being able to homeschool my kids. So. Yeah. I mean, I I agree with you so much. I agree with you so much. And there's so many things that our kids, right. They learn. Uh, You said you went through a divorce or, or many moves and changes. Uh, The same thing with our family. There have been so many, uh, there's been, you know, two major moves and some really hard, hard times, but yet, uh, when we had moved to Washington, D.C., my husband had lost his job. Like, we went over there for a job, and oh. two weeks later, they let him go. Oh, oh man. And my husband wasn't really, uh, wasn't walking with the Lord at this time. I mean, we were going to church, and he was listening, but he hadn't surrendered his life to the Lord. And um, But I sit there and go, you know, if, if, if that hadn't happened, my, our children, I say mine, but it's ours, <laughs> our children would have never seen us cling to the Lord, see us praying together, see us putting our faith and trust in, in Christ and, and him caring for us as we were going down this path of no job. <laughs> um, these sorts of things. And these are hard, hard days. But when your kids are able to see that, they get to see what's being modeled. And I mean, and for us, you know, just the three of us talking is we're, uh, I'm assuming believers and we're walking with the Lord and we're putting our faith and trust in him. What better way than for our children to see that being modeled? It doesn't mean it's perfect because there is no perfection. It's just a surrender to him or a crying out to him. Or, I don't understand this, but I'm trusting you in and through this. And um, I think of all of those moments that so many people's children miss out if they're not at home with them all day to see all those ins and outs. I mean, I think, you know, the eight hours that some of these kids are gone. I mean, eight hours at my worst is probably better than them missing out on, you know, all of these, these, these opportunities to develop a relationship with the creator who, who made them and loves them more than I do. And, um, Seeing how mommy deals with stress or when things are upside down or I don't understand things. Where does she go? What does she do? How does she respond? And sometimes I don't respond well. And that's okay too. And they see that and it's not a, it's not a picture of perfectionism. Um, that's not why God loves us or, um, the only time that he loves us is when we act perfectly or we're not. I mean, he just, that's just not true. So I think of, oh, what better. What better ways for them to see a real walk with the Lord than to see their moms and dads going through really hard things and even themselves really hard things. 
and the kids don't have to wait until they come home from school to tell us. And, and we might have kids that do. I have one child that will not talk for about eight hours if something happens to her. And that's hard to wait that long. But to just sit there and be able to foster that and help her and help her work through sharing and talking about, I just, I think of, man, there's so many things going on within ourselves and within our children that there isn't enough hours in the day to be able to just nurture all of that and then try to stick some workbooks or some curriculum in the middle of it too, man. Okay. We're, we're done crying now. (laughs) We are almost at the end of our time though. Yeah. Um, So I, we like to do a final question. So Melissa, do you have any advice for families who are contemplating? We hear from a lot of families who want, who feel like they really, you know, want to homeschool, but they're afraid that they just need the encouragement to know that they're going to be okay and that their kids are going to be okay. Do you have any advice that you, you know, would give to families who are kind of on the fence about homeschooling? Um, my, I mean, I think we talked about that even in the podcast. I mean, look, parents, first and foremost, love their children more than anyone does. And for the most part, I would say they probably know their children better than anyone else does. I'm sure there's moments that we don't know things about our kids and some other, you know, someone else might know more. But just generally speaking, we love our children the most. We know them the best. And um, if you don't think you can do it, I mean... (laughs) Some advice that I was given is, is you can't on your own. You can't do it. We're not supposed to do it on our own. And I'm not talking about a village of people. I'm saying in the Lord, we absolutely can do it because he really is the one who ultimately sustains us and gives us strength and um, nurtures us so that we can nurture them. Um, we seek wisdom and guidance from him so that we can guide and and give wisdom to our children, uh, impart that wisdom and that knowledge. Um, you absolutely can homeschool your kids. And like I said, you don't have to teach at them. You can learn alongside them. And sometimes it's just the language in which we use. Um, if you If you felt like, I could learn alongside my kid. I could learn what they're learning. I could ask the same questions that maybe they would ask. Or I could confidently say, you know what? I don't know. Let's go look. Let's go look it up. That's probably the best way to educate your kids is to give them the confidence to ask questions, to say, I don't know, to look it up, to look things up. I have also found um, through the years that a lot of people want their kids to have a lot of confidence. I'm not quite sure the confidence that they're always speaking of. A lot of it might be social confidence, confidence in who they are or um, who they want to be. I have found over the last 17 years with my oldest and even within myself that personal confidence, obviously, if you are able to know and understand who you are in Christ, that's amazing. I'm still learning it and I'm 48 years old. But I have found that when we we as human beings have skills and we learn how to do things, that we have confidence. Um, and with confidence, it gives us a level of, I can do this. Um, I don't have to be afraid. Or it's okay if I'm afraid. I'm going to still do it anyway. And so when we teach our kids how to do Things like cook, like pump gas in a car, um, how to drive a car, how to um, operate machinery, how to mow lawns, all these kinds of basic skills. These naturally produce confidence in ourselves and in our children, and they feel like they can do anything. And so I'm going back to the question that you asked me. What was it? Just, how, you know, any advice to people who are thinking about homeschooling and, you know, yes. just some encouragement for them. So my advice is 
build, encourage your kids in skillful things. The academics is just a part of it. Skills are a major part as well, too. Serving others is another major component that that not builds us up, but in, in a boastful way, but builds us up in how we were made and created. Um, learn to serve others. Learn to do things without getting paid for it. Uh, learn to volunteer your time. I mean, uh, learn to how to learn how to cook. I've had all my kids since they were one chopping vegetables, helping learn how to iron shirts, picking out daddy's clothes. I mean, I could have a podcast on just all the little things that moms with kids four and under could be doing that would teach them so much, would help them be part of a family that would make those children feel so useful and purposeful as little kids, not burdens or something in the way, or something to be given something so that they're quiet, but actually make them part of the family. Um, that's really what you want to foster your kids. And when you start that at a really young age, you will have very capable, confident young adults. Very well said. I, I mean, Beth and I probably have said many of those same words many times. I love that. Okay, Melissa. Thank you yeah. so much for joining us. Oh, thank yeah, you. Thank that you. was so great. I love it. This has been super great to just be able to chat with you. And I feel like we could chat all day, which is probably why our podcast is very long today. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I talk no. a lot too. <laughs> no, it's okay. I do too. We totally get it. It's awesome. It's been great to chat with you. Um, so we'll, you so we much. will link, you said homeschool awakening is where people can see you and your family. Um, yes, it. Yes, I believe it's on, it might be Netflix, but I believe it came out on. I'll find the link. I believe it. Yeah. And I I probably have it too. And I know you can purchase it as well. Um, There is, yes, there's that. I just think it's wonderful for anyone who's interested in homeschooling, thinks that they can't do it. It is a wonderful movie to see 25 plus families all doing it different ways with different goals not necessarily different values, different styles, and some different values. I mean, there's lots of not, it's not just Christian families that are homeschooling. There's homeschooling families for lots of different reasons. Sure. Um, but it, it really does give you a good overview of, of a lot that's out there right now of, of the ways in which people are doing it. And I'm sure somebody would be able to relate to at least one of them and awesome. kind of go from there. That's awesome. Really cool. Okay. Well, yeah. Beth will be able to, find a magic link so that everyone else yeah. can find it as well. Yeah, I'll put that in okay, the show notes. Okay, thank you. Yes, in the show notes. That's where. Um, do we have anything else today, Beth? Uh, just a reminder that we do have a new um, fan page that will be in the um, show notes. And you can ask questions there for Emma and I. If you have any topics you'd like covered, um, you can suggest them there. So, yeah. So thank you so much for listening today. Yes, and thank you, Melissa, again for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Melissa. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. If you find value in our podcast and would like to support the show and help cover our monthly costs, we have several ways to do that. You can become a $3 a month supporter, shop our merchandise store or our show sponsors, and rate and review on iTunes and Spotify. Thank you for your continued support of our show and for sharing it. Yes, thank you.